What's up, guys? It's John Nelson. You are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. If you're new to our show, this, guys, is a show for complete athletic development. Our objective here is to give you guys the tools to win, whether you're the athlete, the parent, or the coach. If you're new to the show, welcome. Appreciate you joining. Thanks for stopping by. Our numbers are growing. We appreciate you uh, sending in questions. We appreciate you listening and you guys that have been listening for a while sharing the show. So appreciate y'all bringing a friend. Um, let's, uh, I'm going to go ahead and break down how our show operates. We are a little different than your standard podcast. So we actually have multiple episodes within the show. The first episode, like today, is going to be a Q&A. And that's a bi-weekly episode. It's where myself and my co-host, Chris Scarborough. What's up, sir? Good morning. Or hey. I guess good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes. Yeah. So this is where Chris and I will uh, take the questions that you guys submit to us. Chris, where can they submit those questions, by the way? Info at startingblockpodcast.com. Bingo. You can submit your questions there. And, guys, those can be related to anything related to athletic performance. That can be the training side of it, the strength, speed, agility, power, all that stuff, nutrition, rehab, the neuro stuff. We got a lot of questions from Dr. Jack Cruz's episode as well. We got a lot of things related to light and all that type of good stuff. So those types of questions, if we can tackle it, we absolutely will. There are some of those questions that uh, need to be answered by the experts, but, hey, we'll tackle them if we can. So that's Q&A. Uh, the second episode you'll hear is our guest interview. That's the other bi-weekly episode. Uh, that is where we will bring in our guests, uh, you know, our colleagues and friends from across the country, across the pond, and they're going to share their tools for success, what they do with their clients, their patients, um, share a little bit about their systems, you know, what they do to win. And that has actually just evolved into a network for our listeners and audience to connect with. And you guys can follow them on social. And if you live in other parts of the country, these are, you know, coaches and therapists that you can actually connect with. And um, it's actually just kind of cool that it's ended up being like that. So um, we're pretty stoked about that. Uh, that's our guest interview. And then the last episode is going to be that Friday or Saturday episode where you basically get about 10 to 20 minutes of me ranting or maybe it's a little guided wisdom. We, uh, we got a couple of those coming uh, down the pipeline here it's a little bit more related to you know a topic that maybe chris and i experienced during the week um you know maybe just a trend in our industries of you know strength and kind of the rehab side of stuff and there's something that maybe doesn't fall in line with a q a so that's what those episode breakdowns look like we do have a fee and we ask you to pay your dues guys um we don't run ads we don't charge anything for this all we ask is that you share the show if you got any value out of this um if you learned something if we connected you with a, a great guest you know guys just please uh you know give us a review and share the show bring us a friend and help us spread this i think there's so much uh information out there that's uh, it's basically information overload for athletes and parents and coaches these days with social media and uh i i would like to think that we are hopefully maybe one of those calming, um, happy medium voices that can help decipher through, you know, quite frankly, a lot of the bullshit that's out there. Um, that's kind of our objective. So we ask that you please share the show if you enjoyed it. That's it. So uh, I think we got all the housekeeping out of the way and let's go ahead and get, uh, get rolling. Uh, today's Q and a, so Chris, uh, what's, uh, what's on the table, man. All right. So let's preface the question. Uh, this is someone who is referring back to, uh, a Jay Schroeder podcast. Now, it, well, I don't know if it was ours or another one that he was on. Did you just call him Dre Schroeder? <laughs> I believe I did. <laughs> so, yeah, Jay Schroeder. Let's uh, let's correct that very quickly. Um, so, if if we were to, um, if you listen to what he says, 
he will say that, you know, we don't train athletes to be strong. We don't train them to be fast. We don't train them to possess endurance. Those things are byproducts of what we do. So, John, what is the difference then between preparing an athlete versus strength training an athlete, getting them stronger to play a sport? What is the difference? What does that mean? Well, that is a good question. We could uh, go multiple directions with that, I think. Um, why don't we – let's do this. Why don't we start with just like the physical side of it first, right? And then we can kind of get into, you know, all of the, you know, um, I guess the other elements of pipes and things like that. So, yes, you know, uh, I think the easiest way to phrase this is, you know, a lot of athletes are always concerned about their bench squat or deadlift. And just to make it super simple, well, those are power lifts. Those are called power lifting power lifts like there's an actual sport you know for those types of you know exercises and stuff and so although they may provide benefit there's a whole separate sport for that so yes. at some point in time where does how does that you know getting better in that type of lift or movement actually help you excel anymore and that is like literally i think the simplest way you know you can phrase something right i mean right. you know like there, there's still benefit to getting strong. We've talked about that, right? There's benefit to getting strong under a bar. There's benefit to going through, you know, different speed drills and progressions and plyometrics and things like that. But they're all used as tools to, you know, improve your actual athletic ability. And I think maybe people get confused because they think it improves the skill. And those are two totally separate things. Right. Agreed. And uh, it's it's funny you said that you're talking about in, you know the bringing up the sport of powerlifting. There's a big leaderboard at the gym where, that I that I use, and there's a list of these powerlifters. And for anybody who knows, for any anybody who has a total bench squat of excuse me bench squat deadlift, mm-hmm. if it's over two thousand, you're pretty stinking strong. Okay, oh, that yeah. that is an insanely strong human being. Well, there's multiple individuals on this leaderboard over 2,000, and there's actually a couple over 2,200. So these are some. Th- this this is a leaderboard of is this some a, real, like professional powerlifting facility. Uh, some grief, of them dude. are. Yes, yeah. There's some. <laughs> there are some freaks in this place. Yeah, those are some but, monster totals there. But some of the the points I bring up to the, I, I train a lot of baseball players, and I, I point out to them that okay. What do you think almost everyone on that leaderboard has in common? And they're like, I, I don't know. They're all strong. I said, well, yes, that. But guess what they can't do? What, what is that? And I said, throw 80 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. At least not without hurting themselves. And so, once again, is there, you know, certainly these people have, you know, the kids I train, yes, they have developed that skill. But they also have developed certain types of strength strength with the muscles in their long position to create more of a slingshot like effect, you know, firing muscles very, very rapidly out of long positions that create this slingshot effect as a result of pitching, even though they can't lift anywhere near 2000 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, that's just, that's, uh, so, to, so yes, I mean, it's, uh, do these baseball players, could they benefit from deadlifting a little more or benching a little more? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, where does that line, where should we draw that line? Yeah. And so, like, the numbers that you're talking about are, like, 
world-class numbers. I mean, those are, yes. <laughs> you're getting in 2000, like that's world-class. Those are like power lifters specifically, but yes. like going into, you know, more athletes. So like, let's just say, you know, athletes that are, um, you know, athletic, but very strong as well. And so like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about some people that you've probably met at our facility, you know, mm-hmm. over the years. And like, as you were doing that, we have a record board as well up at our facility. And, you know, I kind of got away from it for a few years because I noticed guys were trying all of their workouts were more geared toward they were trying to make it more about, you know, setting that record on the record board. And although I love the competition, ultimately, like, you know, we're not going to you know, risk your career, you know, based on you setting a deadlift record at ELP. But like right. even some of these people that, you know, you know, and honestly, they probably listen to our show. I mean, some of their totals, I mean, these are, co- you know, college, you know, age guys ish, you know, I mean, 1300 to 1500 pounds. And I mean, that that's, that's a huge total for, you know, a baseball player, right? I mean, that's, you're looking at like a roughly a 500 pound deadlift, uh, uh, about a four to 500 pound squat, a 300 plus pound bench press. Like those are big totals. Right. But, you know, at, at what point does strength not carry over into that sport anymore? I think that's well, ultimately a question that I always have found very fascinating. Absolutely. And actually, uh, there's a uh, there's a strength coach out there from uh, the former Soviet Union. I believe he's now in Canada. Um, Bondarchuk, Anatoly Bondarchuk, who literally his books are all written on this these you know, various exercises and how they carry over to, you know, whatever sport, you know, hammer throw. He was a hammer throw coach, by the mm-hmm. way. But, you know, shot put, uh, sprinting, you know, 100 meters. At what point does a does a heavier squat no longer carry over to a better sprint? Uh, at what point does a better bench press no longer carry over to a better shot put? I mean, things like this. Um and then if if they don't, then how else can we improve? Well, uh, you can improve your jumps. You can improve you know, shorter sprints. You can improve. And these things, there are some things that still carry over better once a person has achieved a certain level of strength mm-hmm. to, to, this, to a particular athlete's sport. Sure. So... You know, and and with some of our programming and things like that at, you know, at ELP, like I'll admit, like I've kind of gone, I go back and forth a little bit. And I do think, you know, it's a lot of it is just as a coach meeting the needs of the athlete as well. And quite frankly, I'll go on record and and saying that a lot of these, you you know, young high school guys that are coming in. They're completely different than the guys of eight to 10 years ago. I mean, you know, there's no testosterone flow and there's no competitive edge there. They're just, they're burned out, too much blue light. They're exhausted, you know, whatever. So I, I actually, I'll get them under the bar just to get them, you know, kind of get some testosterone flow and some competitive flowing. And so I'll kind of ebb and flow, you know, with, you know, my programs and get, mm-hmm. you know, get them in the lifts a little bit more. But I think if you're, you know, more advanced coaches know this, but if you're a younger coach coming up listening to this, Pick the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to selecting strength work to help prepare the athletes, right? And so the lowest hanging fruit would typically be the beginning progressions of, you know, a deadlift, of a bench. Quite frankly, I don't squat much, but, you know, a box squat, all right? I I do like to kind of west side box squat, you know, a little bit, although I don't put a ton of emphasis on it by any means, Um, you know, and slowly progress and build it, you know, from there. Um, Mm -hmm. But we mix stuff a lot, right? We mix everything from ultra fit Evo sport to, you know, a little bit of lifting to go to theory. Like we kind of blend all of it together because I don't believe in sports specific movement. I, 
it's a marketing term. I, I just don't agree with it. Like you, anybody can throw, rotate and throw a ball. Like it just, it just is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so oblique twists are the same thing. Like, so uh, it's getting into a whole other conversation, but where I'm headed with that is like, I blend that because ultimately in sport, it's about being able to move fluidly and efficiently, right? At the end of the day, if you throw 95 miles an hour, no coach gives a shit how much you squat. Like, right. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. You know, I don't think, I mean, let's see, we had, we had two guys drafted this year in the MLB draft alone. Um, one was a high schooler. Uh, and I think, I, I mean, I don't even know how many guys we've had drafted out of high school at this point. I, I think at least out of high school, at least six, maybe, I guess. I don't know. And, at least from my standpoint, I really don't know of any scout or anybody that ever asked me, maybe they asked the parent or the coach, but not me, how much, you know, they squat or deadlift. And, oh, man, you know, maybe if he, you know, maybe if he benches, you know, 225 for reps, then, yeah, we'll take him in the, in, in the first round. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't uh, happen. Exactly. No, I hadn't seen that, I don't think. No. Know, maybe it, they cut me out because they know that's a hot button issue with me, but I don't know. Um, right. Okay. So, like, all right, because I want to go into, you know, a little bit deeper side of this, but. Like, let's talk about the physical component a little bit more because I do think a big chunk of our audience are either athletes listening to this or, um, you know, or younger coaches coming up. And that's kind of our goal, right, to share our experiences and stuff. So, right. you know, how do you, you know, blend the two yet separate it? How do you strength train but yet still prepare the athlete for competition? Well, we, that's a good question because we strength train almost all of our athletes. That's why I'm the and, host of the and, show, bro, because I got great questions. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> and that's because you, you have – but we strength train with a lot of length, meaning you know, th- think of a anybody who's ever seen an ISO extreme push-up. Okay. Anybody who's ever seen an ISO extreme rear leg, you know, one-legged squat. Anybody who's ever seen a, a – an ISO extreme lunge uh, with both, say, both feet elevated or just mm-hmm. one foot elevated. Okay. Um, you know that that the muscles get put in these tremendous lengths, <laughs> and yet we're asking the body to strengthen in these in these positions that aren't necessarily always very strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you could take we could take athletes at any level. Put them in a rear leg elevated lunge or what you know, rear leg elevated one leg squat, whatever you want to call it, and most of them are going to fail within the first thirty seconds because they just they can't handle. You're you're right. I, I I agree with you, and so I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yep. Like you know, I agree with you 100. percent But parents and coaches don't see it that way. They think strength is how much you can lift under a bar. And, and that would be that is a measure, okay? That is a measure, but a measure. It yes. is a measure. Yes, that is a measure of strength. How much you lift, how much you bench, you squat, you deadlift, you power clean, you whatever. Yeah, that's a, that's absolutely a measure. But what is it you want? Do you want to be able to lift more weight, or do you want to be able to, uh, if you're a pitcher, get hitters out? What do you want? I mean, I, I don't know that. I can't answer that but, question. So, Chris, like I see Nick Chubb and yep. Saquon Barkley, you know, squatting 600 pounds on their Instagram and their NFL, you know, NFL running backs and mm-hmm. great at what they do. Shouldn't my kid be able to do that, too, at some point? 
Well, the, and maybe they will. You don't know. I, maybe they will. But so That's why don't it. we start doing that right now? So they're in high school. Why don't we start squatting them right now? Why are you wanting to do all this crazy ice extreme bullshit stuff? That doesn't make sense. Okay, so let's take let's take the Nick Chubbs and let's take uh, the Saquon Barclays of the world, and let's let's test them in various things like let's test them in ISO extremes. I bet you they are they would be very strong in exercises like ISO extremes. Now that said, yes, can they lift the house? Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously they can. But at the same time, is that what makes them great? Would they be would they be just as good if they squat at five hundred? Maybe I don't know. Would they be better if they squat seven hundred? Maybe I don't know. Uh, that said, they are at that. They have advanced. Their tissues have gotten healthy enough. They're they've developed enough. They've had you know they've gotten away from all that blue light enough to where they they can handle the higher and higher loads that also help their performance. You've got to remember, if you're a high school kid, there's a good chance you're not squatting 600 pounds without injuring yourself. All right? That's very unlikely. Uh, no, but and, there was a kid that actually went, like, uh, I saw on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Like, and he did. Like, kid legit had, like, 550 or 600, and it was a perfect squat. I was like, and, damn, dude. Like, so good for you, whoever you are, man. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> anyways, and, and, that's, and that's fantastic, you know, and that's a freak of the world. and You know, that, you know good for him. At the same time, you know, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that he's the best football player. Right. Uh, he and might, I agree with maybe you. he is. Maybe he is. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't so, really all right. So I'm just, I'm playing, I'm playing dad here, right? Like, all right. Yep. So, okay. So I understand what you're saying here, Chris. Like, okay. Um, you know, Nick Chubb, uh, you know, he squats that much and, you know, uh, he could maybe hold this, you know, extreme isometric thing you talk about. Mm-hmm. But, He's probably good at holding that ISO extreme thing because he can squat that much. Uh, like that probably would, not the other way around, right? Uh, yeah, that would absolutely not be true. Because <laughs> we've seen numerous people. I mean, that's one one thing that the world is full of is uh, people who can lift a lot of weight that can't play. Okay. Yes, there are people who can lift that can play. And chances are the Nick Chubbs and you got the, you know, you've also got the Saquon Barkley's of the world. Yeah, they they are very 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 good athletes, excellent running backs. Oh yeah, and they're also exceptionally strong. But there's a lot of exceptionally strong people. I just listed some, you know, mentioned a few that would would top those numbers. They would get destroyed if they stepped out on a football field. So, clearly, it's not just strength that makes them good. There's other qualities. Strength at length. You know, being strong with muscles, turning on and off at, at proper times. So these people, Saquon Barkley and, and Nick Chubb, can turn their muscles on and off, A, very rapidly and very powerfully. Number two, at very good ranges of motion. Okay, so they have you know, excellent ranges of motion. And three, the things that, John, you have, you and I have not even started discussing yet, and that is their mindset. Okay, these are absolute, these are hard workers. They're not just, you know, strength athletes. If the, all they did was strength train and that's all they did, what do you think would happen to their performance on the football field? They would, they would absolutely just tank. So is strength an important quality? Absolutely, it's an important quality. But it's got to be the right kind. It's got to be the right kind. 
Can you can squatting heavy be a part of that right kind? Yeah, of course it can. But is it the only kind? Nope. In fact, it might be low tier. It might be I squat just because I want to impress, you know, I want to impress a scout or something. But is that going to help me play better? Yeah, don't know. I could think of right. a lot of other types of strength that would help even more. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with you. I think you answered that really well. Um, I think as, as coaches, like all, for those of us who have been in this industry a while, we are, we have all experienced this to some level. Um, you know, and your, and your new coaches, like this inevitably is going to come up for you. We want to help prepare you for that, right? Right. Like, you know, we're, I think we're some of the first people out there really putting this info out here about, you know, ISOs and drops and things like that. You know, I mean, I know there's some other people, but like as far as, you know, in relation to the systems and structures and stuff, um, you know, that were built. And so you're inevitably inevitably going to come across that question, guys. And so mm-hmm. understand that sometimes we may have to do something just because that's what, you know, the parent or the high school coach or whatever deems is important. And ultimately it's their team. Now, if they allow you to be able to do it, what it is, you know, is, you know, what you need to do, then, then great. Then I'm you know, I want your job. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, no but kidding. Yeah, str- strength at strength at length, right? I mean, and so that's big, and so that leads into kind of the other element of that is like your preparation also in- involves right, like training all the physical properties, so like range of motion, fluidity, movement, you know, explosives, reactiveness, right? All these different mm-hmm. things, and so it's not just strength training that is you know, the end all be all. And, and I feel like this is getting worse out there. Like the amount of people that I can think of just in the last like month or two that have come into my facility where, you know, these kids are just, they're bodybuilding. Like that's all they're doing just because that's what they see on TikTok constantly. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's these, I even know baseball coaches here in the local area that are still training guys based on bodybuilding type of splits. It's like, what the hell do we have to do to get people here to wake up and understand, like, you're not a bodybuilder or a powerlifter. You're an athlete. And it's mm. our job as coaches to be able to know the difference and be able to stimulate the kids the right way and to develop them the right way. Now, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, we'll have an arm farm day. Sure. Because, you know, we're going to be meatheads <laughs> a little bit, right? Right. And, and there's a time and place, you know, to have some fun and just get after it. But ultimately, we got we to train for what the sport dictates, right? And that's, uh, you know, strength at length. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, and another thing too. Not that, let's. I want to go back to what you mentioned—a uh, like an altitude drop or or yeah. whatever one of us did. Anyhow, uh, I want you to think about dropping from a, you know, landing from a twenty-four inch box. All right, just think about yep. that. I, and there's numbers out there. You cannot put enough weight on that person's back to equal what they are landing with if they are landing from a twenty-four inch box. Now, mm-hmm. granted. That force that they're landing with is instantaneous and not, you know, throughout the full range of motion necessarily. But we're talking about the instantaneous force. You cannot put that much weight on a person's back. It couldn't happen. So things like altitude drops. And that, by the way, that's one reason why you see the Dr. J's of the world. You see the Jay Schroeder's of the world. That's why you see the, the uh, you know, some of our other guests that we've had on, uh, you know, Dan Fichter's of the world. They don't do 20, 30 of those. They do 100. You know, they uh-huh. do up to Absolutely. 300. We do too, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hundreds of these reps because yes. that's what the demands, going back to what you said a second ago, John, the demands of the sport are not 
30 reps or 20 reps or whatever, chances are it's going to be hundreds of reps. So right. prepare, prepare. Mm-hmm. Once again, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think it was what Verkov Shansky that was originally like, hey, you know, four sets of, you know, 10 twice a week or 40 jumps twice a week yes. or whatever it was. Yes. You know, yeah. And maybe yeah. when they're first starting out, when they're, you know, little and learning how to do it or something. Okay, sure. But, you know, again, now you're getting into a whole other argument of like, well, your body didn't know the difference. Like when you decided when you were a kid to, you know, climb to the roof of a fort and jump off and land, like where you're going to say, hey, I'm going to do, you know, four sets of 10 on this and that's it. Right. I was going to get hurt. Like, no, your body didn't know the difference. But let's go back to that altitude drop thing. Yep. That's a really good statement and a good analogy here because it's actually something that I saw this week. Right. So. Okay, the difference between strength training and preparing for the sport, right? So what is that drop, all right? So you're jumping off a box. Well, your brain is going to perceive this as a threat, right? Like, I'm falling. I need to catch myself and stabilize and protect, right? And so it challenges your system to immediately turn on and respond to protect you. Does that kind of sound like something that you might do in sport? Maybe. Like if an 85, 90-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastball is coming at your head in, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, right? You feel like maybe you got to turn on to adjust to that? Make sense, guys? You understand where we're coming from, right? And it's funny because I used to have guys jumping off cages in here, like cages, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like powerlift, you know, the racks. Like they'll jump off off of those and land, yeah. right? I can't get kids right now to jump off of a twelve inch box. They're literally afraid. They're scared to do it. And these are high school <laughs> athletes. They're scared. Right. So right. if you're scared to do that, then don't you think that? Maybe learning how to absorb that force and train your body to be able to you know, protect and respond in times of you know, emergency is more important than how much you damn squat or how much you power clean. Right. right. That is training for sport right there. Yes. Being I mean, able to react and respond. Right. React, respond, turn muscles on and off quickly. Yep. Not at, at high levels. Yes. Not just... You know, again, going going back to just a, a, a traditional bench press or deadlift or squat, you you might have all day to complete that rep. In sport, you don't. You don't have all day. You have sometimes hundreds of a second to react. You know, and, and you know that's that's what you got. So yeah, instead of how much you freaking power clean, but yeah. So I mean. Okay, that's kind of, I guess, the essence there of, you know, the difference. But it, it goes a lot. Well, I mean, we've already kind of touched on it a little bit, right? Like getting more into, you know, kind of the the sport-specific stuff versus kind of the elements of pipes, right? Like there's a much greater, you know, component to this. Right. Like the pipe side of stuff. Yes. Yeah? I mean, agreed? I agreed. And by the way, uh, I, I don't want to bring up his name just yet because uh, John and I have, I have uh, recorded a couple of What's probably going to be three podcasts with a guest. I think you guys yeah. are going to love. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was it was incredible interviews. Um, I, I I saw him post on uh, on one of his Instagram pages. Basically, picture you know standing up, falling into a push up position. Okay, <laughs> saw and this. he did it for like an hour. Okay, Bro, what hour, are you doing? I, I saw like, you. Yes, <laughs> I was like, okay, I was like, okay, this this is this is freak show. Uh-huh. All right. All right, I want to see. Don't misunderstand. I mean, you know, I'll, again, a six hundred pound bench press is is phenomenal. Go try that. Yeah, that that's was, that was where cool. that is more than just the. You think that's that's a lot more than purely physical? Okay, yeah. that is everything. Pipes, intellectual, yeah. psychological, mm-hmm. emotional, spiritual. That's everything engaged. Mm-hmm. Just like you should if you are an athlete and you're in the middle of a game. You're in the middle, like you're the pitcher. 
and you are you're like, okay, guess what? You know, you, win or lose the championship game, it's on you, man. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You better be, uh, you know, you you better be up for the challenge. And if you're mm-hmm. not, you know, uh, you're going to blame it on a lack of bench press strength. Right. Yeah. You know, nope. Chances are it's uh, <laughs> chances are it's on one of these other components. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's very easy to say, oh, you know, you got hurt, you know, because you were weak. Um, maybe. Maybe. Right. I imagine it's probably related to some other things as well, right? So, like, that's kind of what I was talking about with the drops, right? Like, yes. the intellectual, the psychological, the emotional component to this. And I think this is an area in sport right now that needs the most work. I I think we are facing right now a a, a generation of kids through no, not, no fault of their own, per se, a generation that doesn't know how their body even operates they they, they're not in touch with the emotional side they're not in touch with the you know uh, the intellectual or psychological side because there's so much information out there constantly that you basically just become numb to it right um and and it's and they can't process that right right and so i think as coaches even though you probably don't get this type of information in any courses, you know, whether you got your, you know, certification out of a cereal box or you spent a week at, you know, wherever, like there's not enough information available for coaches to help build that emotional, intellectual, psychological side of it because I think that is where things are going to fail here in the next, you know, 5 years or so. I don't well, know what are your ulti- thoughts on that. Yeah, ultimately, let's let's face it. It takes it probably took someone like a Jay Schroeder and, and go back and listen to uh, episode seven if you want to hear his backstory. But it probably took someone to undergo an injury like he had to overcome it in order to fully grasp the whole pipes process. Okay, uh, the whole pipe scenario. Okay, these all these components working together. And the best thing I can do when I'm talking to a healthy athlete is I got to picture, you know, a scenario where everything is riding on you. Okay. I mean, a real scenario. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And, and everything is riding on you. What happens? You know, that's because that's the best thing they can relate to. Most of the kids I train, they can't relate to. Uh, the end. All right. They can't, they can't relate to that. They don't have a concept of the end, but they can relate to being in that pressure pack situation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they can relate to that in a sport or in, you know, in in a game somewhere. So that's usually what I have to do in order to, all right, put yourself in that. I mean, you've got to put yourself in that. That's the same level of focus I want here doing whatever, whether it be those altitude drops, whether it be the, that ice hook stream lunge, whether it be, it, it doesn't matter. By the mm-hmm. way, okay, by the way, this, this is, all right, this, I'm, I'm telling on myself here. But for some reason, on the, on the exercise of sissy squat, if anybody out there has ever tried an ice hook stream sissy squat for five minutes, and how you can do that is beyond me. I can't, not, I cannot get, they're on that exercise. That's crazy to me. But nope, can't say I've ever tried. <laughs> uh, that is nuts. 
So uh, that's one of those I have Is not there overridden. somebody out there that's done it? Don't know. Don't know, but I'm, I'm working toward it. So I mean, I can do sissy squats. Like, Me too. I can't hold it for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, this is an ISO. Uh, it, it's hard to do. But, All right. Uh, anyway. Maybe maybe challenge accepted then. All right. Excellent. But, um, yeah. So, you know, you. I lost my train of thought there. I had something that I wanted to say <laughs> kind of on that emotional side of it to, right. to, to, drive, to drive that home more. You know, and it's the t- times have changed, right? Like it, we are not training athletes in the same generation that we were, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Things are different now. And I truly believe that it is the de-evolution, but it's also the emotional and mental component. And so that is really where we have got to be able as coaches to step in and train these athletes mentally and emotionally to be prepared to step onto the field because from the time that they're, you know, two to three years old, they're told what to do every second of the day, right? And then their wants and desires come from fake bullshit on a highlight reel on Instagram and TikTok, and they're living their life of desires based on something that's not even true. It's not even real. What you see on Instagram is just a highlight reel. TikTok, highlight reel, right? It's not real life. And so when they experience real life on the field, it's not, they don't know what to do. They can't respond and the body breaks down, right? right? You know, and, and so like the days of, you know, training, you know, I mean, five days a week of just grinding and gassers and, and all that stuff, like trying to make you mentally tough. It's not even about being mentally tough anymore. Right. Like, that generation had a foundation. This, do, this generation doesn't. And our generation of coaches has to be able to step in to help that. And that's where I think things are headed and where we need to improve, right? So, like, you know, things like drops, right? Like yeah. being able to turn on, stabilize, imagery, visualization, you know? Yeah. Visualize what you're trying to accomplish, right? Jay talks about it all the time, that clear picture, right? Right. And, again, I mean, we just have to kind of give them, you know, kind of guide them with the picture that they can relate to is what I found. Again, just not in the sense that they don't, they can't visualize as Jay would yeah. say, the end. I mean, they're just, just that doesn't exist to them. So mm-hmm. there's, uh, <laughs> you have no. to give, give them something that, that they can relate to. As, right. As, yeah, no, exactly. There is no in for a lot of them, you know, right. and that's one of the first things that we do here at ELP, at least, is, you know, we have a goal board up on the wall. And one of the things that I actually do, and a young coach, I mean, you can take this or, or leave it. I mean, I can't say it's perfect, but. You know, it, it works sometimes. It's like if I'm doing an eval with a kid and a family, one of the first things I'll ask them, like, what are your goals? Like, why are you here? You know, oh, I want to get faster, stronger. Okay, cool. Everybody says that. Like, yep. why are you here? And I'll ask it again, and I'll see if there's a response. Uh, well, I need to get my – I need to improve my 60, okay? So I'm clearly getting the idea that you have no idea why you're here. You're here because dad drug you here. All right, fine. I don't say that. Um, <laughs> or I probably wouldn't be in business, but, right. um, you know, but then it's okay. Let's have something tangible, right? Like what are your short-term goals? And then what are your long-term goals? And if they can't answer that, then I'll tell them, I tell them, all right, look, you need to think about this. And if we're going to be the right fit, when you come in on day one, you need to have something tangible and at least put it up on the goal board. 
And that is kind of, to me, at least the first step in developing that picture, right? Getting them to think a little bit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, giving them and something out there for other people to see as well. Mm-hmm. If they, because it was like, okay, there's a little more accountability. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, it, it makes some people very uncomfortable. Like, I will, I, I've lost sales because of it. Uh, I've lost a ton of them. But morally, I know that I'm doing the right thing there. Like, the intent mm-hmm. is real. The intent is to help the kid, right? And so, yeah, I've lost sales, but it's also helped a lot of people as well. You know, right. And there's a good chance. It, that, go ahead. I know. I was just going to say, chances are then those people who you lost probably would never have stayed in the first place. So yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Short term. So, I mean, the, the answer to the question of the difference between strength training versus preparing an athlete for performance, I mean, it, it's got 50 different roads to it, right? I right. mean, there's so many different elements there that you know, could be addressed. I think we talked about, you know, the physical side of it, right? Like, okay, sure. If you want to bench squat, deadlift, fine. Um, it's usually less than 20% of my programming. You know? Same. Yep, less than 20, all right? Maybe I hit an assistance exercise, you know, one or two of those, maybe, you know, just just a little, you know, extra back work or something, just whatever, mm-hmm. something, okay? So now we're at maybe, you know, 35, maybe 40% of the program, and then the rest of the program is all more human movement, absorbing, producing force based. And you know, power, agility, explosiveness, real life scenarios, right? Turning on and off. You right. Know, that that's that's how I program and that's how I think we should properly prepare an athlete in the physical component. Yep. And by the way, I want to go back just very, very quickly to those the the Saquon Barkley uh example you gave us six hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. You know. If Saquon uh, and I wanna I wanna put this out there for someone for, for dads out there to think about. If Saquon Barkley squatted 600 pounds and does all the other stuff that he does, he okay, we know his level, right? We know how good he is. What if, again, what if all he does is squat so that he squats 600 pounds? What happens? What happens? Is it, you know, it, it, I will tell you right now, the same thing will happen with, uh, with, uh, with any athletes out there. We see it time after time. We train them. They go into their school workouts. They're, you know, top top thirty percent typically in their strength if they've trained with me for a significant amount of time. But they they actually increase their strength in the weight room faster than everybody. So, if you want to, if your goal is still to improve your strength, your weight room numbers. You still ought to train like John, like you and I are talking about, because guess what? Weight room numbers still go up faster than any other way. Yep. And I've seen it time after time after time. It just doesn't do yeah. it in my weight room. It does it in somebody else's. Yeah. And so, body- like, so our competition, if you're listening to this, we're giving you the answers right here. Right. Like it, there's plenty of athletes to go around. So if you're a competitor, Take what I'm telling you and utilize it. <laughs> Take what Chris and utilize it because we're doing the right thing for the kids. And right. That's what's important. There's right. enough kids to go around for everybody. Yep. yep. You get strong in the ISO lunge, I guarantee you your squat and stuff goes up. I yes. guarantee it. Or no at, least your poten- at least your potential does. You yep. Know, you start, yeah, exactly. So. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, and then you know, so that's kind of the difference between the strength training and preparing for performance. And then we t- we touched on the intellectual and the emotional, you know, component to it, right? Like you've mentally got to be engaged, and that that is really where I think all of us need to improve. And my, myself included. Um, yes. Another thing that I, I do, um, I did years ago, and I got away from it a little bit, but I, I'm getting back to it, is I require my athletes to read the book Relentless by Tim Grover. Um, you know, I, I don't – as far as, you know, Tim Grover, if you don't know who Tim Grover is, he's, you know, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, strength coach. My opinions on him as a strength coach, different conversation, okay? But as far as a mental guru, the guy is – genius he's brilliant the best of the best i encourage you to read relentless if you have not read it you need to read it because it's just one of those things that helps you kind of get that mindset going in the right direction right good yeah and that's what sport preparation is about good recommendation yes so well all right you got anything else you want to add i think that's it i think kind of talk that part to uh hopefully we uh gave somebody a good answer yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, that's going to be the show, guys. Uh, pay your dues if you liked it. Pay your dues. If you got any questions on it, let us know. We'll dig into this a little bit more. So appreciate you guys listening. Love you guys. Take care. Yes.